0: Hello, this is Brian Saber, and I'm delighted to be back with Jerry Panis. Jerry, good to be here.
1: Good to have you here, Brian.
0: Thank you for continuing this series with me. I'd love to start today by asking you for your top words of wisdom.
1: Oh, good. I've jotted some things down. One of the things I've lived by is you will be hurt more by those who would have said yes than by those who say no. It's amazing how many people would give if you asked. It's the major reason they don't give. I'll repeat that because I think it's so important. You will be hurt more by those who would have said yes than those who say no. Mm. We had an interesting thing at Scripps College. Jim Gamble from Procter & Gamble was new in town, and the board wanted him to chair their campaign. Board members said, well, he didn't know anything about us. And none of his family graduated from the school. You wouldn't dare ask him. He wouldn't say yes. The board chair kept saying, well, maybe we just ought to ask. And they asked, and he said yes. And uh, that's that's another thing that's interesting. There's always a question if... A person you want on your board has no history about the institution. Some will say, well, maybe we ought to get him more involved first. Mm -hmm. But I find a great way of getting him involved is to ask them to serve on the board. Mm -hmm. And for some, it would be a great honor
0: so I, I'd love to come back to that point and spend some time on it, because I know that's one of the big debates in nonprofit worlds, whether you test someone out first and ask them to sit on a committee or so forth, or if you can bring in people fresh. So let's come back to that one and sure. make a discussion out of that. I want to share something funny. As you were saying that, and as you know, I didn't ask you which ones you were going to choose, what you can going to say. I couldn't help but think of my son, who's been listening to me talk about asking his whole life. And uh, he'll ask me for something, and I'll say no. And he will say, well, as you've taught me, don't ask, don't get. And I think, isn't that great? And amazing how kids have no fear asking, but as we become adults, we seem to fear it more, and we just need to get past that and do it. Oh,
1: that's interesting. I tell my clients, I've got a rule. I call it the boy rule. Because of you. Mm -hmm. B-O-Y. Brian, we could not have done this without you. Because of you and whatever. And how many of your donors have you gone back to and have said that? Because of you. So
0: follow the boy rule. I love that. I love that. I don't think I've ever heard that. And that's such a powerful set of words because of you. That's fantastic. Thank you.
1: Good. And I I want your folks to remember that your prospects are real people. They're not ATM machines. (laughs) They don't have a sign across their chest that says, I give money away. You've got to earn it. And that is important.
0: I have a question based on that. It's funny. As you said that. There are people in our field who say stop using the word prospect because it's so clinical, it's so dry, uh, that we shouldn't be using that at all. I think in-house it's okay. I don't think I'd ever want to say to someone you're a prospect. But what do you think of the terminology in that? Yeah. I'm sure you've heard that before.
1: Oh, sure. Well, I've not only heard it, I tell my clients, call them probable donors. Hmm. Doesn't that get them
0: closer to making a <laughs> gift? Yes, yes, yes. And
1: uh, when you think of somebody being a probable donor, it gets you one step closer
0: to getting mm-hmm. the gift. I think that's important. In your mind in particular, I would yeah. think, right? It's yeah. partially convincing yourself that you can yeah. go out and ask for yeah. this gift. I like that. So what's another well, word of wisdom for us?
1: With apologies to the late poet Mayu. I have uh, inserted the word donor to her beautiful statement. Donors, and why don't we use the term probable donors, will forget what you said. And probable donors will forget what you did. But they will never forget how you made them feel. Mm. And remember earlier, you and I were talking about relationships and our field is all about relationships and if you don't build trust you're not going to get the kind of gift you should you need to build the relationship now it's a question how long do you take to build it and i have some words on that too some people are ready to give right now now moves management, and your people will know what that is, is a systematic, formal, structured way to cultivate. I believe so much in Moves Management and gaining a credit with the person you're calling on that I own the name Moves Management. It belongs to me. But I have found that there are some people who are ready to give now, and it's up to your, your solicitor, your fundraiser, to know if this is the moment. And usually, you can tell if you listen carefully. I can tell you so many stories. We just got a gift recently from, you know, there are some organizations that have weekend retreats for their top donors and probable donors. And one probable donor came up afterwards. He didn't know the organization, didn't know anything about them, and said, I'll make a gift of $5 million. Mm -hmm. $5 million. And he was ready to give. And I'm sure that won't be the end you have a question?
0: I was just going to say that people ask me all the time, I'm sure they do, to you when you're training them, how do you know when they're ready? Sometimes you're sure. Sometimes you're not. If you're not, you can ask to ask. That's a phrase of mine, ask to ask. So I will ask someone. I'll say, you seem to be really engaged. You seem to really like the organization, but I'm not sure if you're ready. I don't want to overstep. I also don't want to presume you're not, so can you guide me? Is this a good time for us to talk about a gift, or do you feel you need to know us more? And I find that's very respectful, and by putting it back in their court, it allows them to come forward, and I get closer by being respectful, and that builds the relationship. Yeah,
1: that's that's Uh,
0: great. You ought to just say that once more. Ask to ask. Ask someone permission to ask ask them if they're ready and let them tell you and more often than not because they're not being put on the spot and they know it's their choice that helps them come forward because none of us like being put on the spot and yeah. when we are we tend to retract a little bit yeah. this allows them to lean in if you will yeah yeah
1: well, i had a great experience on one project we needed seven hundred and fifty thousand dollars by the end of the week in order to complete a project, the organization was on. It was on the building of a ship, and if they didn't come up with the 750000 they would lose their place in, in line. And we were talking to Richard and Margaret. They had never made a great gift to the organization, but we knew they were philanthropic, and we knew they had the resources. So Richard is telling the story. And Margaret's chair is slowly moving closer to Richard. Hmm. And I was very careful about how I told the CEO to ask for the gift. We would like you to consider a gift. That's so easy to say. Gosh, I haven't thought about this for a long time. But so we got to the point, and Margaret now is almost in Richard's lap. And um, I'm waiting for the CEO to say we would like you to consider. And he said, do I have your permission to ask for a gift? And Margaret said, oh, please do.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So I have to ask you, I am really curious. I know you said you needed $750,000 for a ship, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. So... What type of organization needed to oh, build a ship?
1: Yeah, yeah. This uh, Mercy Ships. Mm. And <clears throat> what they do, they get a ocean liner. They clear off everything except the deck. And then on the ship, they build a hospital. Ah, floating hospital. And then it's, it sails to a port for four months. And they get doctors and nurses to contribute
0: their time. Too great huh? Wonderful, yeah. wonderful. Yes, I've heard of them, but in the moment when you mentioned it, I was thinking, for whom? Maybe Jacques Cousteau in his <laughs> outfit or Greenpeace. I couldn't, but Floating Hospitals is a wonderful... Oh, one. yeah. Yeah. So how about another word of wisdom from you? What would you share next?
1: I tell the board that their chief objective is to fire and hire a CEO. But in between also evaluate the work of the CEO. Too many of them, way too long. It For should sure. be done on a regular basis. But close to that, hire and firing, the CEO is to not allow a deficit. And by that, I don't mean a financial deficit. I mean a mission deficit. If it takes X to meet your mission, and you're not raising x you're not meeting your mission you're allowing a mission deficit and i say history won't deal well with a board that allows a mission deficit and some boards say okay we can do that and they do do it they cut programs they cut staff they don't give raises they don't do deferred maintenance And all of a sudden, they're meeting their budget, but they're not meeting their Mm. mission. So successful boards do not allow a mission deficit. Mm. Does that make sense, Brian?
0: Actually, I like that a lot because I find too often board members know they're responsible for raising money. They get that. And they're asked to do it almost in a vacuum where... It's just, we need money. We need money. But they haven't been shown, okay, this is what we can do without any money, but this is what we really want to do and need to do, and therefore, this is what we still need to raise and where we need your help and what we will accomplish if you do that. And I don't think it's explained that way to them often enough. So I agree that uh, mission-driven. The board should always be mission-driven, not just need-driven and What do we need today driven, which is often what I see it devolving to?
1: Yeah, well, this gets me. Everyone has heard about the three W's that a board member needs to bring to their responsibility. Work, wealth, and wisdom. And I have added that they need to bring wallop, influence, because you want board members who are influential. I love to have a client. And we work on this. When someone looks at the board list, they say, Wow, is she on your board? Well, that's very special. And then at the Red Cross National Board Meeting, Melanie got up and said, you left out one W. And I said, I can't believe I am. And she said, you left out women. Ah, And... Brian, as you know, women now control over 60% of the net worth of this country. And that's raising every year. It's going up. And if a board doesn't look carefully at having the right women, the parade's going to pass them by. Now, what I have suggested is that we do away with the term nominating committee because you think of a nominating committee and they meet once or twice, maybe by phone, and they come up with some names. A fascinating phenomenon is that board members, a nominating committee, will not select men or women above their status. Mm so that you get the same old same old so you need a committee that is at a very high level and i recommend and call it what you want a committee on trusteeship whatever it's the kind of group where you can bring non-board members to sit down with you and they know where the bodies are buried
0: where the bodies are buried
1: (laughs) well you know I have this committee, Brian, I am so struck by the fact that the board is the future of the organization, its vital body. The committee, you don't elect board members, you select them. And the committee that selects board members is probably the second most important committee of the board, and I like to have them meet on a monthly basis. Now, let's say it's a college, and some of the board members are stretched around the country. Well, it's not as good, but wire them in by phone. And at these sessions, these monthly meetings, you say, who should be on our board? What are we lacking? What kind of a person do we need to add? And you talk about that. And if you're forced to meet and talk about it, you begin getting the kind of board that you should have. Does that all makes
0: sense. That makes great sense. And I there are so many topics you just brought up that I'd love us to discuss. Women and boards and in nonprofit in general the three W's. And I want to talk a little about evolution, this idea of reviewing the executive director and such. So let's stop for a minute and let's pick up on these topics and spend some time on each of them in our next session, because I think they're all really worth yeah. more time. And and at the same time, we'll get some more words of wisdom. Good. <laughs> yeah. So great. Thank you.